Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett coming to you from the Toyota Prius recording studio. What's the date? Monday, April 9th. Oh, guys, seven days away from the 40th birthday. Going to be 40. I have a wrinkle on one side of my forehead. Now, I don't know if I've talked about that on the podcast, but the left side of my forehead has a huge crease in it. And the right side is smooth, smooth as, I was about to say smooth as a baby's butt, but I, I have a baby. Their butts aren't smooth. It's full of wrinkles and cellulite. It's as smooth as a Botox forehead over on the right side. It looks like I had Botox on one side of my head. I, I, I the, the thing is, I don't mind the wrinkles so much. I just want two, right? So people are telling me it's because I've slept on one side of my face for too long. So I have to sleep on the other side of my face for a couple of years. Do you hear that? A couple of years. And I've tried it. I was trying it the other night. It's just, it's uncomfortable. I just, I default to, to sleeping on my left side. It's how I'm shaped now. My whole spine is twisted to the left. All right, guys. That's what being 40 is, all right? Your spine's all twisted. You got a wrinkle on one side of your forehead. There's nothing to look forward to but the slow melt of death. It's not true. That's not true, guys. No. We're, we're in a good mood here in the Prius recording studio. Because, you know, guys, life starts at 40. I'm not, life does not start at 40. Your 20s and your 30s, that is really the time to do shit. And the reason I say that is because you don't know any better. You don't know how important it is to feel comfortable. Because when you're young, your body can take shit. You know, you can sleep on your idiot friend's couch for three weeks and not care. You know, just, you know, like when I was a young comic touring around, it didn't matter where I stayed. You know, now, now I'm like asking hotels like thread count. What's, what kind of comforter do you have? Yeah? How many pillows? Is it down or is it memory foam? I really like the memory foam. I need a cool pillow. You know, like I, it's different. It's different as you get older. You don't want to be uncomfortable anymore. Okay, guys, I was just interrupted. I had to pause the old uh, recording session because the guy who parks next to me in my uh, parking garage, he uh, came home, and I've never seen him before, and uh, I didn't want to meet him like this, you know? He's got the Jaguar F-Pace. Jaguar? Jaguar? I don't know. My wife makes fun of me because I can't say Jaguar properly. And... Um, He's got the car that we were thinking about getting, and I think he works at the Jaguar. Jaguar? Jaguar. At the Jag dealership. And uh, so I thought, just now, seeing how that's the first time I've ever seen him, maybe I'll get out of the car and be like, hey, do you work at the thing? Because we were thinking about getting the car. But then I thought, well, maybe then he'll think I was sitting in my car waiting for him to come home so that I could pop out and try to hit him up for some kind of jag, jag discount. Jaguar. Jaguar. So uh, I decided not 
to get out of the car. So instead, I sat here with my headphones on, just uh, staring straight ahead while he gathered all his belongings out of his car. Then I noticed he locked his car like three times. Because he's like, there's a psychopath sitting in his You know what? My guess is what he's thinking is that maybe me and the wife are fighting. And I'm down here just chilling in the car by myself. Because he didn't see the microphone. At least I don't think he did. Because I put that down lickety split. You know? And uh, so he saw me just sitting there with the headphones. Maybe he's thinking, this guy just can't take it anymore. Up there, you know? Getting the old blah, blah, blah from the old lady. So he just comes down to the car, puts on the headphones, and cranks up the tunes. You know? Because this guy, he looks like a bachelor. Because I've never, uh, I've never, because I look into his car all the time. All right? And, uh, Probably not something I should do, but I want to I wanna check out the inside of the car we were thinking about getting. And I don't see any, like, there's no kid stuff. That it looks like there's no one ever sitting in the passenger seat, you know? Like, there's no, no nothing around to indicate any life other than the driver's side. So I think the guy's a bachelor. So right now he's probably sitting up in his apartment, just all smug, going, ah, that guy has to sit in his own car just trying to block out life while I zoom around the city in my Jaguar F-Pace and living my bachelor dream. Then you know what? I got news for you bachelors out there. Sure, your lives are great. You have no cares in the world. And that's a wonderful thing. But I, I have tons of cares. I'm, I'm worried all the time because I have a family. See, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's not a catch-22. It's just being a bachelor is easy, and it's fun, and it's, uh, you know, it's freewheeling. As long as you're not one of those people who gets lonely. And I'm not one of those people. I never, I've never been lonely. I don't know why. I guess because, guys, I just I love myself. You know, I accept myself for who I am. So I always have my best friend with me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm like a narcissist, like my boy. Oh, my God, my child is a narcissist. Now he's 20 months old, so I think they are supposed to be at this, at this point, if the books are correct. But all he wants to do is see his mother's iPhone videos of himself. He says, he points at the phone, he goes, Baby Sam, Baby Sam. And he just wants to watch himself constantly. Like, like, without end. I mean, we don't let him do it because we don't let him have a lot of screen time because we're those people. And, uh, but he will watch himself on a loop for an infinite period of time. Doesn't care if mom or dad are in the video. Just baby Sam. Baby Sam. We even have videos of him watching himself on a video. Like I had my iPhone taping him and he was watching his mother's iPhone of himself. So there are videos of baby Sam watching baby Sam and those are amongst his favorite. But to finish with the bachelor, this is better. You know, having a family, 
having a, you know a, a caring wife and and a narcissist's little baby it's a it's a nicer life at least for me i enjoy it more but it does come with a couple of caveats and those are worry because you know things matter now you can't just kick the bucket and freedom free wheel and lifestyle who gives a shit where you're going and what you're doing? Like, I remember one time I was out on the road doing, like, some gig, and then somebody asked, hey, can you stay another couple of days, you know, for got another gig? I was like, yeah, who gives a shit? What am I going back to? Nothing. <coughs> Sorry about that. Had to cough. Getting over a uh, decent cold. Not like a flu or anything. It was, it was a decent cold. I only had one high-paying gig in uh, in all of um, April. Wait, is that true? No, that's not true. Basically, only one high-paying gig in about three weeks. And, of course, that's the day I got super sick. But, I, I guys, I handle it like a goddamn champ. I'll talk about the gig in a second. I'll just finish up the thing about The Bachelor. You know, you just... You lose the ability to just live your life, you know, open-ended. You can buy one-way tickets places. You know, it's just like, hey, where are you going? Going to New York for how long? I don't fucking know. I'm just going. We'll see what happens. And that kind of stuff is exciting. But again, really when you're young, you know, like, after about a day or two on the road, I keep thinking, no, I want my own bed. I like my own floppy pillow. I I got, I can only sleep on the left side on a specific type of bed because I'm going to be 40. And I, uh, but I tell you what, oh, and I forgot to tell you this. I'll get back to the gig in a second. This, I meant to open the podcast with this, because it's interesting, you know? But why? Why grab the listener? That's what I always say. Meander for God knows how long, then get to the heart of the matter, right? It's because that fucking jag, jaguar, jaguar, jaguar. It's because that guy threw me off, you know? I got all, got all discombobulated. Never used that word in a while. I missed that word. Discombobulated. Let's use it 20 times this podcast. So anyway, the interesting thing is uh, I was just talking about getting to 40 and not that life begins at 40, but you do start to think about things that you value more. You know, like, so as you, long time listeners of the podcast, as you know, I'm a big fan of the blues, you know, especially these days. I, I I got guitars now. I got I got my guitar all tuned up. I got the amps out. You know, I'm 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 on the Long and McQuaid and the Steve's Music web store websites. You know, those are the Canadian um, guitar stores that we have here. And I've been checking out all their gear and all the shit they have on sale. I'm like, oh, I need a slide, or otherwise, how can I play slide guitar? You know, ooh, a fuzz pedal. Give me one of those octafuzzes like Jimi Hendrix used to use. And now Gary Clark Jr. What else do I need? Ah, I need a good tuner. I need, uh, 
I need a, oh, I need a crybaby wah, you know? Gotta have one of those. I actually had one of those. I had a crybaby wah and a boss chorus back home in Newfoundland. And then uh, one of my cousins plays music. So he came into my house one day, my old house. And uh, I said, yeah, take whatever you want. Because, you know, I didn't play guitar anymore. What do I care? This stuff is just down there going to waste. So he took all my good stuff. And hopefully, Joey, you're still using it. Because if not, that's a travesty. And, and, hey, you know what, dude? If you're not um, using it and you're listening to this, send me a Facebook. You know, so I don't have to go rebuy that shit. Because that's what I will do. I will go rebuy it. Because I am into it now. So anyway, the point is, apparently, going to live music it, uh, once every two weeks will increase your lifespan up to nine years, they're saying. They're saying it increases your overall level of happiness. Not, not level of happiness. What is it? Life fulfillment? Satisfaction? I don't know. Just read the story. Google it. You'll see. And uh, of 21%. It increases your overall life-ness 21%. You, you feel more connected to people. Uh, you're more mentally stimulated. You know, it's, and apparently just it's in comparison, all right? They say yoga, it's uh, 10%. So it's more than double yoga. So all those goddamn yogis looking all weird and all twisted up and shit, right? You just go to a few blues gigs, and you're fucking your way ahead. And you're cool. You know, you're the opposite of a weirdo. So, man. So, I'm thinking about going to, uh, there's a blues night here up at uh, Young and Eglinton here in the Toronto area at Alley Cats. It's the uh, name of some bar every Wednesday to do like a blues jam. So, I'm thinking about maybe I'll drop by there every now and again. You know, once every two weeks. So me and the wife, maybe we'll get that French babysitter we have. And uh, she's sick, by the way, which makes a lot of sense because she came into a den of sickness. The other day, she came in Friday to babysit Sam. Sam is dying with the, with the cold. I have the cold. My wife has the cold. Cold is all around the apartment. The only one not suffering is the cat. And uh, the French nanny, she just comes in, and uh, today she called. She said she... I can't come. I'm very sick. It's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. We totally made you sick. So, um, go to, go to live music, man. Like, I was thinking maybe live comedy would do the same thing, but the study wasn't about that. It was about music. So I was thinking, you know, maybe music has an added benefit because it is music. It stimulates the brain in a different way. But comedy, you're laughing the whole time, hopefully, anyway. The comic is not shitty. So I'd like to see that study. You know, how do I get that sponsored? Apparently there's a new uh, Canadian comedy collective. Oh, I should have looked this up before I started talking about it. So um, there's a big push in Canada right now where comedians are trying to get some respect in the uh, in entertainment industry, in the world in general. They're trying, like, there is no funding for Canadian comedians. It's not considered an art form in any way. So, uh, comedians are just basically left to their own devices, and nobody goes out to comedy shows, and comedians don't get paid very much, and uh, nobody gives a shit. 
But yet, Canada is lauded for their comedy output. Everybody thinks Canadians are great comedians, and they end up, you know, running American television shows all the time. And uh, people are always like, oh, how come Canada's so good at comedy? But yet, nobody, there's no government assistance, there's assistance, there's no awards, there's no anything. So, um, I mean, there's awards for the Canadian Comedy Awards. And now the Junos have put back Canadian uh, Comedy Album of the Year. First time in 27 years is uh, is what they're doing. Bob and Doug McKenzie won the last fucking one. So uh, this year, uh, Ivan Decker, acquaintance of mine. I'm not going to call him a friend. Guys, I'm not one of those people. If he's not my friend, I'm not going to say, he's my bestie, me and Ivan. But he's, he's an acquaintance. We get along. We, we say hello. He's a Vancouver comic, so I don't see him that often. You know what I mean? Dresses sharp, funny kid. But anyway, my wife, she was saying, because she's always thinking about shit, she was saying, why, you know, if you guys got uh, a study sponsored about how comedy is good for you like that, that would really help you guys. You know what I mean? So maybe that comedy collective that you guys are all forming, you guys could commission a study or maybe contact that behavioral scientist who just did that last music study and extrapolate it off to stand up and then like it's good for your health. Do you know what I mean? Woo! That might that might do it. You know, the only shows that seem to be doing all right around here are the pot shows. I just did one on Wednesday night. Uh, thank Mr. Jeff Paul for having me out to his uh, weed room. And uh, in case you don't know how they, they work, it's their weed-friendly rooms, right? People are allowed to smoke their dope. Uh, you, they don't sell it. You're not allowed to sell the dope there, as far as I know. I don't really know the rules or the laws or, or anything. I don't know anything about anything, really. But uh, people were smoking weed, and they were allowed. And uh, I didn't do it, because I don't. I tried for a while when I was younger. Tried to smoke the old ganja. Tried to uh, inhale the old Jamaican cigarettes. And uh, they um, didn't do anything for me. I just couldn't get high. Probably, it's probably me, guys. I probably just don't know how to do it. I was given an edible, a um, cookie. That was baked with THC, I'm assuming. And uh, I did not eat that because now I'm old and I'm afraid. I'm a, I'm, I'm a scared old man. I was just thinking, what if I eat it and I react really weird? I have a 20-month-old baby. I can't be thinking spiders are crawling all over me and I need to go to the hospital when I got a 20-month-old baby. You got to be responsible, guys. So maybe the next time I'm going out on the road, I'll uh, have a pot cookie after my show. Let's let's not uh, go crazy. I put it in the freezer. They say it keeps well in the freezer. I don't know. Does it? Anyway, we'll keep better than it did in my pocket because it all got all crushed up. It's probably going to be disgusting. I'm not going to eat it. Guys, let's face facts. I'm too much of a pussy. I can't. I can't be trying drugs at 40. Now's not the time. Try I'll try drugs at 80. That'll be the time. Because, you know, who gives a shit? Have a wild ride. You know, I was watching, uh, what's that, Denny Arcan movie? Is it The Fall of the American Empire? I can't remember. 
is a guy from Montreal, a great filmmaker, and uh, one of the like uh, the guy's dying in in the movie, so he starts doing like heroin and shit to deal with the pain, and also just to have a good time. Cause fuck it, right? So he's like smoking weed and doing heroin, and and then I was thinking, yeah, that is what you should do if you were dying, if you were in loads of pain like that. You know that. Sorry about that, guys. There's uh. If you heard that, I apologize. My friggin' ears almost exploded. Some kind of radio signal coming in. Is it the government? Is the CIA? They don't want me saying that at the end of your life you should do a pile of drugs. Do are they that advanced? I tell you what, guys. They might be that advanced to just hear words out loud in a parking garage in Toronto, Canada. And then just start intercepting my signal. Because I tell you what, here's the thing, right? I watched a lot of the YouTube. I like the YouTube. Like I, I like watching things on photography. That's a nice hobby of mine. Guys, you know, you know guitar's a hobby, right? Used to be in my when I was young. I considered it a career. But uh, I'm wiser now. I think it's a hobby. And a lovely one. And apparently, guys. Uh, more fun facts, is uh, it decreases your stress level. If you're a stressed individual, learn to play a musical instrument. They say it really helps balance you out. And look at me, guys. Listen to me. I'm totally fucking balanced over here. Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard a more balanced man? Anyway. Oh, and also, I apologize about my voice. I was telling you about the cold, but like, Jesus Christ. This is, you know... My voice is nasal at the best of times. If you guys are still listening to this, good for you. Good for you. You're probably slightly deaf. Because if you can put up with this, there's something wrong with your hearing. That's what I'd say. Yeah, it decreases your uh, stress level. Playing a musical instrument. That's pretty good. What the fuck was I talking about before I got onto that? Oh, yeah, the YouTubes. So I watch YouTube for the guitar instructions and, and lessons and also just, I like seeing reviews on guitar instruments and, and you know, audio equipment, video equipment, cameras. Oh, I love that shit. So um, I watch a lot of the YouTube. My wife does not watch the YouTubes, okay? Now, this is important because all the searching I do on YouTube is for me and my stuff. And the ads are tailored towards the things you're searching. Are they not? Hold on a second. Maybe they're not. Because my wife speaks French. I do not. I don't speak French, and I have no intention of speaking French. No, I mean, I'd speak French if I... If it was easier, guys, I'd do it. But it's not easy. And old Benny doesn't like to do things that are difficult. Guys, I'm 40. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to try a pot cookie, and I'm afraid to learn French. Who knows where to lead? You know? I'll be sitting on a corner, some street corner, you know, wearing a beret and a, and a striped T-shirt. You know? All high as a kite. Going, It's a capitalist pigs, eh? Do you hear that? Like, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it buzzed again as soon as I said capitalist pigs. All right, something's going on. 
Something is going on. I think it's probably just people getting text messages around me. But uh, I don't know. And, and it's also, I just got interrupted during my story about uh, how they're listening to me. Because that's, that's where this story was ultimately headed. I jumped the shark. Because because my wife speaks French, she speaks French out loud to the baby. And then when our babysitter is here, she speaks French as well. And her and Sarah back and forth, blah, blah, blah. So then I start getting ads on YouTube for Air France and other things for France in French. In French, guys. I have never searched anything on YouTube in French. I checked my search history, made sure that that French nanny wasn't doing any YouTube. She's not. My wife never goes on it. So the only thing I can surmise is that through the Apple TV remote, because it has a microphone on it. My TV has no microphone, you know? So my Apple TV, because my guess is it's when the app is open, right? So either open on your phone, your iPad, or your uh, TV. And I usually watch YouTube through the TV. So my guess is when the YouTube is on, the microphone on my remote is listening to the things we're saying and then tailoring the ads to the, what we're goddamn saying. And uh, I think that that's true. Like I, I'm pretty sure that they're allowed to do that. Because you know how there's all those agreements and you just press accept? There's their terms and policies. Those 900 pages long. Do you accept it? You're like, yeah, fucking accept. I want to get to the cats playing piano. Turn on the YouTubes. So you just accept it. So one of those small print things is we're going to turn your microphones on, listen to what you say, tailor the ads to you. Also, sell that information to everybody else. And it's Big Brother. Guys, it's 1984. The book. We are, um, we're, we're screwed, is what we are. We're pooched. It's, I don't know, it's a scary time, I guess. But I don't, I don't know about you guys, all right? But I, I can't take it anymore. I can't take the amount of things I'm supposed to be concerned about. I've just, I've hit the wall. You know, it's the Trump stuff every five seconds. And then, you know what, he's doing this. And it's like, oh, you think Trump's bad. Here's what the Clintons did. You know, and all politicians, they're all murderous assholes. They're all sociopaths. They're blowing up innocent people all over the place. You, you know, okay, could you stop? Is anything okay? No, nothing's okay. You know, those clothes were made by children in factories who were jumping off the buildings because they don't want to make clothes anymore. It's like, okay. Where can I buy my clothes? There's nowhere to buy clothes. Run naked. You know, fucking, the other day somebody showed me something by Jimmy Pardo. And he's this comedian. Uh, he's a good comedian. And he he basically kind of rants about, you know, how everybody is corrupt and shitty. And so the other day he had, uh, he was reaming John Oliver for saying something about uh, uh, one of those political candidates who's coming up. I fucking, uh, I just, so he hates John Oliver now and John Oliver's a corporate shill and you can't watch HBO anymore 
And then he started talking about Amazon, how Jeff Bezos is the richest billionaire in the world now, $22 billion ahead of Bill Gates, and here's why they're ruining the entire economy, and here's why he's going to try to take over the world. And so now what? I can't shop on Amazon? Okay, just fucking could you stop? Could, could everybody just stop being so goddamn evil? I just, I just want to play a little blues guitar. I want to do my little podcasty thing. Oh, you're going to do podcasts. You're going to send it out through iTunes. Let me tell you what Apple's doing. Oh, really? Oh, you don't want to go iTunes? You want to do Google? Well, Google owns YouTube, and they're listening to you through your fucking remotes. You know, I know. I know I'm one of those people who yells about the conspiracy shit, too. But but I don't really care. You know, like, I, I do the vegan thing as best I can. Because to me, that seems like it makes sense. It's just, it's part of it, part of doing the the vegetarian, vegan stuff is just the whole world is seemingly so overwhelmingly corrupt and evil that it feels like I'm doing something. You know? It's something I can sort of control. I don't have to be a party to uh, killing of animals and making the environment a little bit worse. So that, you know, that's sort of what I did that for. But it's like everything, you, I, you just can't, you can't fix everything. But, but then I hate even saying that. I don't want to just, you know, throw in the towel. But Christ, you know, you just, who has the energy? Who has the energy to battle what's going on right now? The kids, that's who. Those kids sleeping on the couches for three weeks at a time, driving their Jaguars. They're the ones that got to do it. Because us 40-year-olds, we just, we just want to go to blues clubs and live nine more years. You know what I mean? Is it too much to ask for the world to be okay so I can just go and enjoy some goddamn blues music? Maybe this is the blues music all right. It'll be a different different form of blues. It won't be about how my baby left me. And I ain't got no money in my pockets. It'll be about uh, how I'm overwhelmed by the political landscape. Doesn't, doesn't have a good blues ring to it, you know. I'll work on it. Oh, did I tell you? No, I didn't. My old lady neighbor, that old bat. The old bat that lives across the hallway from me. She finally finished my letter. All right. She's for a quick recap to people who are new to the podcast. I don't have any bones. I have jelly for bones. Got I got a weird osteoporosis. It's been going on for a couple of years. Well, it's going on for a friggin' long time. There's no goodness in sight. There's no no doctors have been able to figure anything out. Basically, uh, so so I'm talking to this old bat across the hall and uh i can call her that because there's no way she listens to this podcast and uh old evelyn she is 95 years old so number one whatever the fuck she says i'm listening to 95 years old you're still living by yourself still walking around talking to people yeah how'd you do that she's a vegetarian that's part of it and so i already got that part down and then she also she's an herbalist so she's been running, uh, her, her family's owned some kind of herb company for 
like 150 years. And uh, so she was saying that I should talk to this doctor that she knows and trusts. And I say doctor with quotation marks because he's probably not a real doctor. Do you know what I mean? He's probably not even a PhD of anything. How do you, you could just call your, he probably just, his first name is doctor. That's how he did it, you know, to get around the legalities of it. He just changed his first name to doctor. DR period is his first name. And uh, anyway, she said for me to send this letter to this guy, but she hand wrote it. And I can barely read what she she has written down. And um and I have to mail it to the guy. So that means I have to handwrite something. I haven't done that in twenty years. I don't know if I even have handwriting anymore. Then I gotta put it in an envelope, mail it to an address. It just honest to God, it's amazing. A few years ago, that's stuff you did all the time. And now I'm like, I don't even want to do it. Who cares if I never fix my bones? I'm not mailing a letter. It just makes it seem even less legitimate. Do you know what I mean? He's some kind of naturopathic, uh, you know, outskirts, weird shaman. That some 95-year-old crazy lady who's a vegetarian herbalist gave me his, you know. Now I got to send it in the mail. What, what's, what's coming back in the mail? They'll have my mailing address. You know, I get like a, a severed sheep's foot or something. Just sprinkle that in your eyeballs and you'll be fine. I don't know. But fuck it, you know. Anything to help out. Got to do something, right? Got to stick around. Oh, my wife, uh, her... her uh, Brother just had a new baby. Speaking of sticking around, preemie came out a month earlier than he was supposed to. Now, how about this? Her brother, he was just thinking they want a calm environment. You know, no no parents, no whatever. Just him and his wife. They'll take care of the little baby. And uh, then the baby came out and he was like, okay, let's get my mother here immediately. It's hilarious the way it changes because I was the same way I was saying to Sarah let's just you know be calm me and you we can handle this it's fine and then when Sarah went into labor she was like "Eh, let's call my mom I was like yep let's get her over because she lives in Africa so like get her on the fucking plane we need some help here because it becomes so goddamn real you just the baby comes out what happens to me what happened for me is here's how it became real in that the baby came out, and it's one thing to go, oh, my God, there's a, there's an actual baby. There it is. Oh my, opening his eyes is crazy. That's not the part. The part for me that made it real is when the nurses just left. I'm like, what do you mean you're leaving? Look at me. I don't know what I'm doing. My wife just had a C-section. She, was, she had been awake for 36 hours, hadn't eaten in 24 hours, just had surgery. My wife had literally passed out, and they left. Me with a baby. I'm like, what do you what do you mean? Stay here. Do something. And then a nurse, like, so well, I uh, so why you know, he he sits in a little glass container. I don't know what you'd call it. Some kind of uh box, a glass box. And uh 
I fell asleep on a chair. And then this nurse storms in after a shift change. At like, I don't know what, six in the morning? I don't know how long it was out. And she's like, what are you guys doing? And I was like, I don't know. What are you doing? She was like, there's a baby here. I was like, yeah, 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 we know. Yeah, we had him. There he is. His name is Sam. She was like, um, did you change his diaper? I was like, no. No, I didn't. Was I supposed to? She's like, yes. I was like, okay, well, how do you uh, change a diaper? Like, I was fucking out of it. I didn't know why. And then she's, and then she said, what will, and Sarah's still sitting there covered in, like, baby shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, and surgery stuff. Like, so Sarah's, like, looks like a mess, literally. And um, the nurse is like, why aren't you clean? Sarah's like, I, I don't know. She was out of it, too. We were both zombies. And she was like, where, where was the nurse on the, on the late night shift? I was like, listen. And this is when I started to come back to life because I realized she was mad at us. I was like, listen. Um, we came into this room and then no one ever showed up. We have been here by ourselves since my wife had an emergency C-section uh, after 24 hours of labor. So we haven't slept in two days and no one has checked on us and we don't know what's happening. And then the then she calmed down because she realized it was their fucking fault. Not her specifically. She just got on her shift. But obviously the nurse on the night before had, like fucking didn't do a thing. Apparently they were supposed to like wash Sarah because, you know, she was just had... She just got sewn up. She had a pile of blood on her. And um, they were supposed to clean up the baby. They were supposed to change the baby. You know, make sure the baby had some something to eat. You know? And, and was breastfeeding. And if not breastfeeding, had some formula. You know, that, like all this stuff. They didn't do any of it. We had a bad hospital experience. But, you know, look. Hospitals these days, guys, they're understaffed. You know what I mean? All you people in the States right now listening, they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Canadian healthcare is free, eh? Well, kind of shitty, wasn't it? Well, maybe. You know, maybe you have a point. If you're rich. But other, put it this way. We were down in the States. I wouldn't have had a baby. I can't afford any kind of hospital bills. You know, my, my wife, maybe. But not me. And he's fine. You know, it was nothing major. It's just, you know, we were just sitting in our own filth, all three of us. No biggie. Nothing major. Everybody was healthy, and that's the main thing, guys. So I'll take it. You know? But I don't blame people when they're talking about that home birth and stuff. I mean, you were fucking, you're taking a risk. I tell you what, because if, if shit goes bad... You guys are going to get rushed to a hospital. And then if something ever, God forbid, something happens, then, you know, you'll question yourself for the rest of your life. So that's why I probably wouldn't do the home birth. But I do tell you, uh, we didn't have a great time at that hospital. They released us. They released us early um, because I insisted. They were like, we can keep you one more night because, you know, so when when uh, our doctor because Sarah was followed by, I think I told this on the, on another podcast so uh, who, you know go back and listen to that if you want the full story but who cares right I'm just this is just a recap 
So um, we had we had a uh, specialist that was following Sarah because she had a weird placenta issue, which was potentially life threatening to her. So uh, the specialist, we Sarah was brought in to be induced to make sure that our specialist was on call uh, that night. And apparently he had another emergency, so we didn't see him. And a uh, resident or a student doctor, he uh, did the surgery on Sarah, even though it was life-threatening. But, again, it all went fine, you know, and uh, everybody's alive. But when he came to see us the next day, he felt so bad about all the shit we went through, you know, especially with the nurses not helping us out and and, uh, a student delivering the baby. Yeah, even though he said a C-section is the last thing he wanted. Any hoozles. He was like, so, uh, you know, I've pulled some strings. We can definitely keep you an extra night. I was like, well, unpull those strings, my friend. Okay? Tie those strings right up. Because we don't want to stay in here one more goddamn second. Just get the fuck home. And once we were home, you know, also, that was another real moment for me. Like, we pack up the baby in his little carrier. And then... uh they're like, okay, see ya. I was like, really? You're just giving me this baby? It was like, it was sort of like he wasn't mine. I was like, you're just going to let me walk out with this baby. Are you sure? And maybe he isn't mine. I don't know. I hadn't asked Sarah a lot of questions when she got pregnant. But um, and then I, you, you bring him to the car, you know, and you, you put him in. And let me tell you something about that car ride. Oh, boy. That car ride is tense. You know, you have the world's most fragile thing in the back seat. Normally, you know, you're driving a car around the road. You don't think that much about it. You know, but you're thinking, I can't hit a pothole. I can't hit a fucking anything. And if you get into an accident, Jesus Christ, right? So it was a stressful drive home. But once we got home, we didn't go anywhere for weeks. Maybe months. But um, that was another time. Bringing them in the apartment. The cat smelled them. And I looked at my wife. I was like, all right, so uh, what do we do now? You don't, you don't do anything. You just, you basically, you try to feed them. You try to get them to sleep. And you try to eat. That's the thing. Zach, uh, Sarah's brother, he, he wants his mother to come over to have some help. And, and I said to Sarah, you know, just give him a call and you tell him, listen, it's straightforward. All right. What you do is you got you to keep that baby uh, changed. You got to keep the baby fed. Then you're, you got to feed yourselves. Then nothing else matters because that's the thing. You stop eating because you forget. You're just you're running around. But that doesn't help. You got to keep eating. So you just start ordering shit. Order order food all the fucking time. With the with these Uber Eats and all this shit. Now you can order McDonald's for Christ's sake. I don't do that anymore because I'm a vegetarian. I'm not gonna say I don't miss McDonald's, because I do. I'm not one of those people. Although I did have it. I will say I did have it uh a couple of months ago. I'm not sure why, but I was stuck somewhere and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to starve myself. I'm going to eat this hamburger. I ate a Big Mac. And it really wasn't that good. And Now, maybe it just, it was the McDonald's I was at. Maybe they gave me an old burger or something. Or maybe, maybe it's just not as good as I remember. I ain't sure. I haven't tested it again. But uh, 
Maybe your tastes change, you know? I will say this, though. The vegan vegetarian, it hasn't turned me into an Adonis. People say it's supposed to clear up your skin and make you trim and all the fat will fall off you. Not me. I'm getting fatter. I still I still have breakouts. I'm 40 years old. Still getting pimples. Honest to God. I got a round, round belly. Just fat on the hips. You know. I can still keep it together. Like when I'm out and I tell people, yeah, yeah, I'm gaining some weight. They always go, oh, shut up. You shut up, you skinny me. Because, you know, you're standing up straight. You know, you're keeping it tight. And you're wearing clothes that, you know, it's not like I'm wearing a half belly top. I don't got a Shania Twain special on letting the roll hang out. But it's there. You know, whether or not people believe you, you're wearing like a, you know, you're wearing a bomber jacket and a dress shirt. Not tucked in. They can't see. But I know it's there. So, you know, it'd be nice if that wasn't the case. But uh, maybe if I ate a little more healthy. I mean, like I'm about to go. I'm about to wrap this up and uh, go get myself a barking squirrel beer. I'll tell you what. If I do open the Blues Club, which is possible, I, uh, I'm going to be serving barking squirrel beer. Because I'm loving that beer. I'll work with all these microbreweries. You know, these, these independent breweries around Ontario. You know, if that's where I open up the Blues Club. And it'll be craft beer, craft music. You know, the best of the best. Guys, come on in here. Gripe about capitalism. You know, live an extra nine years. Then go home. Go home at 9 p.m. That's what I'll do. I'll start doing shows at like 7. You know, for people like me, people who don't want to be out till midnight. That's the thing, the Blues Jam. It's from 7 to 10, the one at, at uh, Alley Cats. And I'm like, yeah, because these guys are 50 and 60. 7 to 10 is, is a very reasonable time. Get home. Go to bed. You know? Be comfortable. Guys, be comfortable in your old age. And speaking of comfort, guys, I'm going to go slovenly lay upon my couch, you know, and watch some, uh, maybe watch another episode of Barry. It's a good show with um, Bill Hader. Bill Hader, Barry, I talked about it on the last podcast, I think. And uh, it's about a trained, about an assassin who wants to become an actor. And it's silly. And it's funny. It's a bit dark at times, but it's, it's also so funny. Henry Winkler is so funny in that that I can't believe it. The Fonz, holy Christ, is he killing me. He was hilarious in um, uh, Arrested Development. And this is a, a similar type character, and he's just nailing it. He is so goddamn funny as an acting coach that you would not believe it. And, uh, and oh, and I was going to tell you about the gig I had out in uh, Orangeville. It was for chimney sweeps, guys. Chimney sweeps. So I'll mention, I'll talk about that on the next podcast. There's a teaser. Oh, what's, you're not going to come back? You're not going to come back and listen to uh, talk about chimney sweeps? Oh, what's more interesting than that, guys? It was actually a really fun gig, and I had a great time, and uh, lots to say about it. But right now we're out of time, guys. We're out of the arbitrary time I have 
decided for my podcast, which is around 45 to 50 minutes. I just stop it for no reason. I can put them up as have them as long as I want. But I just find that I just find for me, for me guys, I crap out around 45, 50 minutes. Don't get me wrong, I'm still interesting. I just don't want to talk anymore. You know, I just I want to go contribute to this spare tire that I complain about, but I do nothing to fix. I'm about to, in fact, fill it full of beer and jelly beans. I am still eating jelly beans from Easter, and uh, I will not apologize for it. So thanks so much for listening. I'll check in with you soon. I said shut up. Good night.